Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone, I'm Kennedy. And I'm Vasilis. We run Changemaker Z, a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers interested in entrepreneurship. We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you. On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. Changemakers, today we are here with Jessica Kim. Jessica is a disabled poet, activist, and founder of I Create Youth, which is an organization that empowers disabled youth through language in its various forms. In March 2020, she started writing poetry in response to a frightening world and has since been named the 2021 Los Angeles Youth Poet Laureate and 2022 National Youth Poet Laureate Runner-Up. In April of this year, her book of poems, Light, which is centered on her visual impairment and Korean-American experiences, was published by Animal Heart Press. Jessica believes in advocating for disabled youth by inspiring them to share their stories through various forms of language from creative writing to computer programming. By initiating and directing programs at I Create Youth, she hopes to educate students and the general public on disability justice and representation. Jessica has a very global mindset, having lived in multiple parts of the United States, South Korea, and Singapore. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Hi, it's nice to be here. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Nice to meet you. So before we start, every time we ask, uh, like, where did your love for writing and poetry come from? Yeah, so I started writing during the pandemic, which isn't too long ago, but I think this kind of this kind of place where I had to be all alone, be constantly examining myself, kind of forced me to find a creative medium to outpour my emotions. So poetry was kind of the perfect medium for me because it started just on a notebook where I could just write down like small observations and things that I love. Um, so that's kind of where my poetry started and I quickly found a community of young writers and young activists who believed in poetry as a means of social justice and a means of catharsis and that really empowered me to continue with writing and I've been honored to be the Los Angeles Youth Poet Laureate and also one of the National Youth Poet Laureate finalists, which really helped ground that sense of community that I saw in poetry, and that's why I'm still writing poetry. That's amazing. I mean, would you say that um, English was always your favorite class or something like that? Actually, not really. I really loved math as a kid. I My parents were both, my father's an architect and my mother was a math teacher. So 
I grew up in a really like STEM focused environment and no one really expected me to start writing, but I think, and I also considered myself more of a STEM person, but I think maybe something just clicked over the pandemic and I'm still figuring out why, but I kind of found that transition from STEM to English really gratifying and also English wasn't always my first language. I grew up, I still speak Korean at home and I grew up speaking Korean at home. So I think I had my fair share of not really understanding English, struggling to keep up with class, English classes, but I ultimately found a way to appreciate English. And now I think English is definitely one of my favorite subjects in school. That's amazing. And it's so like incredible that you're able to you know, win that, the laureate. I don't think I was pronouncing it right, laureate. Yeah, um, that's right. That, that makes it even more incredible. You know, and I'm glad you, you that kind of makes sense about the, the STEM thing. Because I was actually going to ask you, the next question was, um, when IC started, which is the acronym for I Create Youth, IC, started, it mainly focused on writing. Like, why did you decide to expand it to where it is today? Yeah, so I Create Youth was founded in June 2020, which was three months into the pandemic. And I felt that even before that, youth with disabilities were othered by their communities and classmates. But that was even more heightened during the pandemic because um, of the isolation that we faced. So I felt so disconnected from my support systems. And I'm sure that Many other disabled youth felt the same way. So I wanted to create a platform that can unite disabled students. Um, and that was through writing because I thought a form of storytelling using creative writing, using poetry was a way to shed light on the experience of disabled um, youth. And so I started by offering educational opportunities online and creating syllabi for creative writing classes um, to for youth to share their celebrations and struggles in a very realistic and authentic way. But we actually shifted and expanded to, to accommodate more forms of, I guess, more sectors where youth are involved and where disabled youth need more representation. And as a kind of well-rounded student who's interested in both writing and also STEM and like computer programming, I decided to expand. So we, we empower and educate and connect disabled youth through language in its various forms. And that means anything from all different kinds of languages. So. Um, kind of like an international background to poetry and computer programming. So I Create Youth has kind of worked with that expanded perspective and a lot of our initiatives tackle that all, like all around kind of global approach. This is so interesting, so amazing. Um, As someone who was born with a visual impairment, How do you feel about representation in the media for disabled folks? Because I was born with a visual impairment, I grew up really isolated and 
I grew up trying to revert attention away from myself. I remember getting ready in the morning for school, even as early as kindergarten, meant spending an hour each morning trying to wear contact lenses. And even at school, I was constantly looking down because I didn't want other people to notice like my shaky eyes and that kind of made me very scared and withdrawn and so I think sometimes media really reflects that kind of stigma that disabled people are always kind of weird or different and in kind of a negative light I think Um, many, many like shows or even like news outlets kind of portray disabled people as someone who's less than and less than, um, I guess, normal people. And other than that, I also do think that media in general kind of, I guess, looks overlooks disabled people in the sense that they're not as represented as they should be around, especially after like the pandemic, around 25% of people identify as disabled, yet we barely see any stories representing disabled people. And I hope to change that. And I hope that can be changed. Yeah, I definitely like agree. Because when I think of media like featuring um, disabled stories or anything, like, the only one that I can really think of is, like, Switched at Birth, which, like, talks about the deaf community. I don't know if you guys have watched that show, but, yeah, it's just, it's really not enough. And especially, I don't, I really don't see a lot about visual impairment, blindness, or even, like, you know, illnesses that aren't, that you can't see, you know? So, I hope that starts to change. Right. So... Um, I wanted to ask, you know, how do you think we can educate ourselves and, you know, support our disabled friends and family? Yeah, so I guess the first step of education is raising awareness and research. So, so um, July is actually Disability Pride Month, and that's a really perfect opportunity for people to learn about disability through infographics on social media, news articles, or even um, informational articles online. And I think it's very important to do that background research and, and also consult people and friends who are who identify as being disabled to share their stories and to kind of personalize their stories. And after you educate yourself um it's important to spread that information to your loved ones your friends and family and i think that can be done through so many ways with the accessibility of technology we can always share links or um, social media posts and even small acts like those can go a long way especially because not everyone is familiar with even like the basis of disability and I think July would be the perfect opportunity to start that.
Yeah, um, we actually, like, at my college, um, Tan France, um, if anybody knows Tan France, he's a host of Queer Eye. He came, and people were, like, he was asked a question about spreading a message. He was like, I swear to you guys, you guys have more, like, power to spread a message with your friends and family than I do with, like, a huge platform because we actually have an active audience, you know? Other, yeah. like, versus, like, someone, you know, because you always think, oh, I can't really make a change. But you don't know. It's kind of like a domino effect, you know? You could talk to your family about it, and you don't know how many people it could spread to. They could talk to someone else. So, right, definitely. Or there are some damages that you don't even know how many people are impacted from the same, you know, problem yeah. when people do not understand, like, the difference, the disability they may have. I would like to ask... ICY has a fellowship program. What is it and how can we get involved? So I Create Youth started a fellowship program last year, which was originally only exploring, I guess, tracks in art. So we had a writing track, we had a kind of advocacy track, an artistic track where people could design like posters and graphics and a research track involving the intersections of disability and writing or various forms of art. And that program was an initiative where staff from I Create Youth would be paired with fellows and they, our staff would, I guess, mentor and advise the fellows on creating a research project of some sort. So last year, we had research projects on eco-ableism and also research projects on chronic illness, on representation of disability in literature. And that kind of culminated on into an online showcase um, that's available on our website. This year, we brought the fellowship program back again for its second time and I hope to make this um, a continuous annual event. So for for this year we actually expanded according in in accordance with our mission to include both the STEM fields and art fields. So this year we focused a lot on technology and one fellow created an accessible Chrome extension. Other fellows explored a hybrid between technology and the arts. Um, other fellows also explored like representation of women with disabilities in literature. Um, and so we had a lot of diversity in projects and to get involved, we usually open applications in January and even December, and we kickstart the program in February. So youth aged anywhere from 13 to 22 can look forward to joining the fellowship program. And in, in 2023, we might even open opportunities to join as a mentor instead of a fellow. So that's kind of where I'm going with that program. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Um, and you said it was age, you said it was age 13 to 22? Yeah. So there's still like, um, a lot of, it's not just a high school thing. So 
college students who can get involved as well. Right. Or, um, and I heard like one of the like one of the cool things that was mentioned was um, like a more accessible Chrome extension. Mm-hmm. I was well, I was like looking at your site, and like one of the things I noticed it was saying it was kind of um, being developed to be more accessible. So, what would what does an accessible site uh, look like for visually impaired? Yeah. So accessibility comes in kind of. I guess kind of like a color scheme wise um, component and also as um, like including alt text uh, for visually impaired people and blind people to I guess understand what the images mean um, for those who can't see them. So first for for the color scheme it's important to contrast the text color and the background color or the image color and the background color so I've been working a lot to just kind of reorientate I create youth's color scheme in terms of formatting the website so that we always have like a brighter background paired with dark text and darker backgrounds paired with white or very light colored text so um, that's always a work in progress for us and the other important thing is including alt text. Um, so usually on most websites, there is always like a, an option to um, include alt text for all your images, whether it be like on Instagram or on a website. And you can also do this um, if you're using, like if you're coding your website by yourself. But um yeah, so it's important to use like image descriptions, whether it's like a person, um, then you would describe maybe their facial features and the shirt they're wearing or what their hair looks like, that kind of details that helps visualize someone, visualize the image for someone who isn't able to see it. So that's also a point of accessibility that we're working on. Really, that's like that's just one of the things that I've never thought about before, and you know, it's more things that you know. It shouldn't just be your side. I feel like everybody should, you know. Maybe it would be great if everyone started taking consideration, like making it more uh, accessible, making their sites. Um, but also, um, we heard some great things about the fellowship program. What about the summer research scholar program? Tell me more about that. Yeah, so the Research Scholars program is sort of an extension and reimagination of the fellowship program because I thought it was really important to offer more opportunities, especially over the summer where people usually have more time at their hands. So um, I'm in the middle of directing the research program and it's our first year of starting it Um, and this program pairs young scholars with more experienced research mentors who are also like youth um, usually like high school seniors or college students so they we accepted applications for both scholars and mentors so that Um, we could pair them 
according to whether they're interested in like neuroscience or psychology or biology and that kind of diversity we saw a lot of diversity in interests and i'm using that diversity to for for each scholar to work on a six week research project where the end product is either a paper or a presentation or some kind of poster/graphic and they're working one on one with a mentor um to develop that project and we are hoping to incorporate a lot of like disability components whether it be just thinking about accessibility or extending their projects into um I guess a realm that includes disability representation so it's the first time I'm doing this for the summer research scholars program but I'm really glad to see the progress that we're making and also really excited for our final outcome So we're wishing you the best for this new program. Now on your website we have seen uh, several letters that have been sent. So do you have any favorite letters for disabled students? Yeah, so letters for disabled students were was um a project that kind of it's still ongoing but it was more so when I first started I create youth and I saw a lot of contributions from from both people we reached out to on social media and also from our own staff and I think every letter in the gallery is very it's very unique and also very supportive in a way and I think especially the ones where um youth fellow youth try to reimagine disability in a sense that they say maybe disability is never like inability or disability will keep you going so never give up and i find that really encouraging um also letters where people acknowledge that they as a non-disabled person will never be able to fully understand their um a disabled person's experience but we still support and encourage you i find that very valid and also meaningful i was reading through some of the letters and i thought they're really like i can see where it's inspiring like i was also looking at them like some of the ones that stuck out to me was like um different like abled not disabled stuff like that mm-hmm. so Those are just nice reminders to keep around, I feel like. Yeah. Don't forget that any length, any topic, just words of encouragement, everyone and anyone is welcome to leave a letter. So you can find the link in the description to send your letter to I create youth. Yes, you can. Um you guys also um offer some exhibitions. We were wondering if you have any new ex- um if you're designing any new exhibitions. or anything like that? Yeah, so actually for July since it's Disability Pride Month, I plan to um showcase an exhibition of disabled people like all over the world and across all different 
spectrums. Um, so I'm planning to do both research and also reach out to um, disabled change makers like live so that we can do um, an interview either through like a written form or through a recording of it or a combination of both. And I am planning to showcase that around maybe like the end of July where kind of Disability Pride Month is at its culmination. And so you can look forward to that. Yeah, and for, you know, you might have uh, gotten already, but, you know, for people who don't know, the exhibitions, it just features um, disabled, like people who have change makers who have made an impact on, who may be disabled or who uh, change beyond disability. Is that right? Yeah. So that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. I think that this is all for today's episode. Thank you, Jessica, for joining us and sharing about iCreate Youth. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. If you'd like to keep up with ICY, you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or LinkedIn at iCreateYouth. Don't forget to follow us at Genders Rise on Instagram, and until next time, don't forget to change the world. Bye! Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. We had such a great time. Make sure to leave us a review. If you want more Changemakers content, you can follow us on Instagram at Gen Zers to Rise and on Facebook at Changemakers Eats.